Jesus said, anyone who hears these words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Then he said, anyone who hears these words and does them not is like a foolish man who builds his house upon the sand. Yes, it rains on the just and the unjust on today's show, so buckle up because here we go. You're listening to Pull Up and Thrive, and this is your host, Stephen Caps. Yes. Welcome to another super exciting episode of Pull Up and Thrive. And I am your host, Stephen Caps, as always. Yes, it rains on the just and the unjust. We are all going to suffer hardship, difficulty, tragedy in this life. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for joining me. If you are new here, welcome to the Pull Up and Thrive Mothership. The bathroom is down the hall and drinks are in the fridge. In order to thrive during uncertain times, we have to be prepared. No, I'm not going to tell you to buy gold. It could be thriving in hardship, thriving through pressure. Anytime that there are hardships or difficulties, we can all choose not to participate. James 1, 2 says, count it all joy, my brothers, whenever you meet various trials and you know that the testing of your faith produces produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So what I want to do is anytime that I'm going through a difficult, challenging a loss, a heartbreak, something something hard, something difficult. I always want to make sure that I get the most out of that season because if I will allow it, it'll work something in me that cannot be worked in any other way. That pressure of that situation will produce something. It'll produce steadfastness. It'll make me complete and lacking nothing. So let's take advantage of any hardships or difficulties. So how to thrive in uncertain times. Number one, because our minds, our emotions always want to magnify, always want to be like, oh no, the sky is falling. This is the end. Is this how it all ends? Oh my goodness, it is the end of the world. So number one, it could always be worse. No matter how bad it is, it can always be worse. Now on rare occasions, I get discouraged. I get downtrodden. I get Uh, depressed, whatever word you want to use, because I'm not where I want to be. But I have to remind myself I'm not where I used to be. But one of the exercises that I do is that I will take my tablet or I will take a piece of paper. I will draw a line across the top and 
and then a line straight down the middle. And I have two columns. And, and on one side, I write at the top, number one, things that I am thankful for. And in the second column, I write things that need attention. So I will sit there and I will think of all the things that I am thankful for. Uh, before I know it, I have that entire sheet filled up with things that I am thankful for. And then on the other side, things that need attention, really only two or three things even end up on that side. Because our souls, our minds, our emotions always want to magnify. So one of our businesses is highly affected by, by, by the economy. We had a recent season where we were super slow. And I always want to try to keep in communication with our team. So I will, so I, I get the team together and I say, guys, things are bad right now, but they could be worse. As an example, and I gave this example in two, 2007, whenever Sarah and I got married, on the day that we got married, I was in the office trying to make some last minute things happen, but you know, it was just too late for that. We had $50,000 in net 30 vendor bills that were all late. And the QuickBook register, you know, the checking account, we were negative $2,000 in QuickBooks. And we owed everybody money. I mean, everybody. In fact, I just saw a guy walking down the street that I used to owe money to. But we owed friends. We owed vendors. We owed people from church. We owed everybody money. I owed the IRS $25,000. Oh, and we're about to go to New York City on our, on our honeymoon, which I don't know what we were thinking. I don't know what I was thinking because... I had all of this information, but I was still let's, hey, hey, why don't we go to New York City? So we, we have $1,500 cash to go to New York City for 10 days. So we're in New York City on our honeymoon, and I get two phone calls. One was from one of my, one of my employees saying that his payroll check just bounced. And then the second call was from my secretary saying that we lost a $30,000 purchase order. I don't know about you, but this little boy from Texas, 30K is a whole lot of barbecue. So no matter how bad it is, it could always be worse. So today we have no debt. All of our bills are paid and the IRS is paid. And no one's checks are bouncing. So it can always be worse. And, and, and sometimes we have to remind ourselves of this exact thing. Something, in, something insignificant happens. Something small. So small that it really even hardly even shows up on the radar. And then we freak out. Because we're so emotional. We are so dramatic. So it can always be worse. Number two, we have to lean in. Now, it is not natural to lean in. It is natural to run and not face it. 
But in order to get to that goal, get get to that dream that we are going towards, we have to go through it to get to it. We have to go through hardship or difficulty. And if we lean in, we will get through the difficulty faster. You have to face it. Ignoring it does not make it go away. Sweeping it under the rug only leaves a big hump in the rug for you to trip over later. Avoidance is not a good strategy. Avoidance only freezes you in time for the rest of your life because you did not face that thing. Have you ever been to a high school reunion or or, or a situation where you are um you are you're seeing someone that you haven't seen in twenty or twenty or thirty years? And then you see them and then you spend time with them and you're like, they're in the same exact place as they were 20 or 30 years ago. See, people have a moment and they allow that moment, that snapshot to define them for the rest of their lives. Because personal growth and maturity does not happen automatically. Unlike your physical growth, that happens automatically. Whether or not you do it intentionally or not, it just happens. But personal growth does not happen automatically. Whatever situation you are in, you have to go through it to get to the greatness. Now, why was the greatest generation called the greatest generation because they went through the Great Depression. They went through World War II. They didn't go around it. They did not take the easy way. We all know people who have leaned in and gone through something and became better. But but there are also those who go through something and they avoid it and they become a victim of it. Wayne Dyer, the motivational speaker and, and, and author, said everything that happens is a lesson and we can either learn from it or we can become a victim of it. Through our suffering comes strength. So whatever you're going through, don't you dare quit. Don't you dare give in. Lean in. Number three, don't build a monument. When you have tragedy, loss, or a hardship, and then you build a monument to that moment. Let me explain. In 2006, I lose my wife, Lisa, to cancer. We'd been married married for six years. She was the love of my life. And for 15 months, we fought cancer together. We talked a lot about living and we talked a lot about dying. And we decided live or die, we are going to trust the Lord no matter what happens. And one scripture that I sowed for months and months and months was Isaiah 26.3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. 
What is your mind stayed on? What are you thinking about? The economy, your bank balance, cancer treatments, life, death, surgery. What, what is it that, that you are filling your mind with over and over and over again? An event happens, which was a tragedy, which was a mistake. It is only a moment. But then we rehearse it over and over and over, and we live out these rehearsals of lies in the real world. The whole time behind the line, unless we can control our thoughts. So, so she passes, and then there's an unexpected peace. What I was expecting was this awful f- feeling of heartbreak. Because, you know, I, I've had my heart broken before, and that was what I was expecting to feel. But there was this unexplainable peace because I had been keeping my mind on God and His Word. So she passes, and then several months later, I, I get an email from one of her relatives, and it basically starts out, I know this is the first Easter without Lisa. Folks, building a monument to hurt and pain. Something happens and then you build a monument to the hurt, to my pain. This is my identity. So you build this monument and everything that happens revolves around that. Do not build a monument to a moment, to a tragedy, because in that holds you back. Number four, you must have a support system. You need to have a filling station somewhere that you can go to refill and re-energize. It may be a a group of guys, a group of gals. It may be just a place to go and hang out. Um, It might be a, a Bible study. It must be something that fills your emotional, spiritual love tank. Life, work, business will drain you. This is why Jesus said, come unto me, all that you labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. If you are a human, you will, you will get weary and you need a support system. Being an entrepreneur is a lonely road. No one understands what you're going through. It is hard. It is difficult. And having a community to celebrate the wins with you, to get behind you and, and, and support you and to give you the tools that you need to succeed, there is nothing like it. And this is why I created my program, Pull Up and Thrive Elite, because being an entrepreneur is so lonely. So you have to have a support system. Number five, you have to have cash. Stack it high and and stack it deep as high and as wide and as much as you can be uh, because one day you will need it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but when business slows down, 
Remember this thing called COVID? Yeah. Now, now I didn't have as much cash as I would have liked. And I was really nervous. But as they begin to shut shut things down, there were people going out of business whenever they were just shut down for one week. Just being shut down for one week and not having revenue coming in, they were out of business. So you must be in a strong financial position. That gives you options. And I like options. A lot of options. What do I mean by a, by, by a strong financial uh, position? Well, thank you for asking. Being in a strong financial position is one, having emergency cash on hand. So Sarah and I have emergency funds for our emergency funds. And to be honest, I don't have as much of a stockpile as I would like. But you need to have three to six months worth worth of expenses. You want to have this three to six months of expenses in your personal life and in your business. Because the mistake that I made as we were getting out of debt for the business was that I was paying off a tremendous amount of debt, but I didn't have any cash because every single dime was going out the door to pay someone else. What I should have done was pause that for like three weeks, you know, something to where I could get five or $6,000 of cash stacked up because we were on the edge and being on the edge is super stressful. So when when you when you have a pile of cash, it takes you off of the edge and it gives you room to breathe. And number two, being being in a strong financial position is that you want to have term life insurance. It is super cheap, especially if you're young. You have to get term life insurance, which 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 we did not have whenever whenever Lisa passed. We had no health insurance, no no life insurance, and no savings. Not a good place to be. And number three, no debt. I mean, no debt, no car payments, no credit cards, and no lines of credit. Now I know people that they say, "Oh, we don't we don't have any debt except a car payment, a credit card, a student loan, and a HELOC." No, that is debt. And several times things have slowed down. And if we would have had debt, we would have been toast because debt is a weight around your neck, especially in business. Whenever you are a slave to your bank, the bank wants their money, no matter if you're getting paid or not, no matter no matter if there's a sales or not. They want their money. We have a rule. All right. If we can't pay for it, we don't buy it. Well, it's a good deal. If you don't have the cash to pay for it, it is not a good deal. We might miss out on an opportunity. Miss it. Another opportunity will come around. Do not put yourself in a vulnerable financial position on any of these things 
Because what happens, oh, this is a good deal. I don't want to miss out on this opportunity. And then we go into debt. And then whenever times are lean, rather than having the cash, we have debt. It's only a good deal and a good opportunity and a good option if you have the money. Going on to number six, you need a place of refuge. You need a place that is safe from drama, judgment, pressure, especially if you're in the middle of crisis. Now, hopefully you can go home. Hopefully your home is safe. You need to have a place that you can unplug. Somewhere that you can go where I'm not a business guy. I'm not a podcast host. I'm not a business coach. I'm Steve Caps. A place where you don't have to perform. This could be a room in your house. It could be a chair. It could be your porch. It can be the woods. Driving down the road. Wherever that is for you, you need a place of refuge. When I went through the loss of Lisa, my refuge was my house. And I would just read scriptures out loud. You know, scriptures like Psalm 91. I would read it out loud because I want to hear it. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, neither of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays wait at noonday. I would take verses like that and I would read them out loud on purpose, going into that place of refuge so I can get recharged, built up in my spirit. I am going to put a bow on this. Uh, Number one, it could always be worse. Two, lean in. Three, don't build a monument. Four, support system. Five, cash. Six, you need a place of refuge. If you can do these six things, you too can overcome adversity, avoid the crash and burn, and have the life and business that you want. Thank you so much for joining me. Until next time, I'm Stephen Caps. You're the best. You've been listening to Pull Up and Thrive with Stephen Caps. Life's tough. Life's unfair. And the sooner that we can all realize that, the better off we will be. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook and on other platforms at Pull Up and Thrive. And be sure to hit the website at stephencaps.com. Remember, never judge a person for their mistakes. Judge a person on how they fix them. Till next time.